Welcome to Gap Podcast number two, where we chat to creative folk doing interesting things. This time, we're joined by Laura and Lisa from Glasgow Design Studio Ilka, two friends who decided to quit their jobs and have a go at running their own design studio. So we sat down with them to chat about design, working with friends and their involvement in ladies' wine and design. Hello, Laura and Lisa from Design Studio Ilka. So why don't we start by just saying hello and letting us know who each of you are. Okay. Take it away, Laura. Hi, I'm Laura. Hello, I'm Lisa. <laughs> See, that, that was okay, wasn't it? Um, excellent. That's a hard part over. <laughs> so, uh, both of you run Glasgow Design Studio Ilka. Um, how's the start to 2019 been for you? It's been brilliant. It's been great, but it's been very, very busy. Um, yeah, I think we ended the uh, 2018 quite chilled and then came <laughs> in in January and everything just went crazy. So we've, yeah. Good, though, yeah. yeah. I think, I think... Last year, like we set up our own, well, we got a studio space, and yep. um, we had um, a, quite a lot of focus on like the projects that we wanted to do and what that meant to us, and sort of looking a bit more introspectively. Yes. Is that even a word? Don't even know. Yeah, but, <laughs> sounds um, good. Yeah, <laughs> I think I should make it a word. That's it. But um, so yeah, so I think we definitely had more of a clear vision for this year, and knew like had set ourselves particular goals and like business goals, and like um, so far we're achieving all those. Yes. So that is good. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been really busy. It's good. Nice yeah. variety of projects as well. That's great. Really positive yeah, to hear yeah. that. So you both are friends, um, or you were friends when you started that <laughs> yeah, studio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm really interested in, so th- this age-old advice always goes, never ever work with friends or family, but yeah. you're two friends who started a studio. How, how do you find it works out for you being friends and also being business partners? Well, we, we always get asked this. I know. Like, Always, always. It's almost like people can't believe that you can that you could do it. Like, work with your friends, and when we actually did a few interviews and sort of um, press stories with uh, Google's digital garage, and they used to like <laughs> love the fact that we're friends, and like we'd always write that we did yoga together and yeah. swam together, and like we do do those things. But to us, it's kind of never really we've been part of each other's life. We've figured out today for like yeah. twelve years or something. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we met at uni, yeah. and then worked together yeah. and then worked in the same place so and we, although we worked in separate teams we always sort of like um worked with each other and sort of fed back to each other just because we knew we worked well together and then I think because um basically when things were um we were kind of wanting to get a bit more creative we started screen printing together yeah. um so we, we were always sort of like each other's little sidekick when we were getting like creatively frustrated and it's just always sort of yeah it's like for the entire time that we've known each other, which is a long time, we've kind of always worked together in some way or another. Yeah, so yeah. it's not a new thing for us at all, really. Yep. I guess, like, running a business yeah. so closely together is is um, a new thing. And that has been, I guess, a learning curve in some ways. Like, uh, just because we were used to working as part of a bigger team, uh, it did take us a while to figure out our dynamic and that kind of thing. Yep. But I think that it wasn't anything too shocking. You know, no, like yeah, we knew yeah. kind of what was coming, which has made it quite easy, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're both, like, um, quite different people and we have, like, different friend circles outside the work, so yeah. it's not like I'm around your house all the time, although yeah. I am. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do see each other a lot. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's... Uh, has, has, it been, has that been a benefit, do you think? Or has it, has it been something you've had to try and get a bit of separation? Or do you think it's a good a good thing that you're, you're friends and you can intertwine work and business together? 
I think it's good, but sometimes like at the weekend, I want to text Lisa and I won't because I'll be like, no, give her some time off. <laughs> <laughs> I know, or if you're, it's kind of a weird situation, like I was on holiday, like uh, like a long weekend, a, few, a couple of weekends ago, and I just wanted to text you all the mm-hmm. time, and then I'm like, nah, it's good, I'll just I'm stay away. <laughs> and there are sometimes, like, there's sometimes when you're in each other's face all week, and by the end of the week, you do need like a bit yeah. of time apart. Yeah. But then at the same time, it works sort of both ways. But it's good, like, I think particularly for me and we were talking about that today as well like it's so nice growing a business with your friend because you're sort of seeing the benefits like sometimes you can't see the benefits of a business when you're so in it but then seeing a friend in it and seeing the benefits of the business for your friend is actually nice and then you can sort of like realise that that's happening to you too yeah like this week we were talking about pensions (laughs) (laughs) so we're like that's so cool but like we were talking about that and actually it's a nice thing to think oh you know in the future we're building this for each other you know yeah like we can help and shape each other's it's more of a drive for us I think rather than just being like I want to make a hundred thousand pounds a month I think it's scary starting your own thing and I don't I don't it doesn't matter, I guess, if it's going freelance or starting your own business yeah. or whatever it is. Um, how how long have you had the studio now, then? So it'll be two years uh, in March. So just it's just almost two day. years. Yeah. Now looking day. back at that, when you when you kind of jumped and started up the studio yourself, do you think you had a full idea of what it would involve or how much it would take up your time or your life, or has it been pretty much as you expected? I don't think we had a clue. Mm. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, we asked and, and you gave us some great advice. <laughs> but to be honest, I don't think we had a single clue. Like, I think that going from being an employee at a company to running a company is so different. And there's a whole massive part of it that you don't have to worry about as an employee that we've had to figure out how to do. And like, it takes up a totally different kind of part of your brain. And it's like, it is it's a real challenge like that is the bit that's probably been the hardest for us because obviously we're designers we're used to designing and so we got that but both of us have that background so there wasn't one of us that was used to being more of the kind of administrative side of things or anything like that so we've both kind of had to learn it from scratch yeah was there was there any disagreements or did you have to be quite firm and lay down I guess rules about okay I do this bit of admin and you do this bit of admin or did you just jump into it and work it out as you went along? I think we that, tend to just jump into yeah, a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I also think like the kind of people we are, I don't think either of us would be that comfortable with not knowing how to do certain parts of the okay. business, so yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think for us as well, we came our background became from it was definitely a design role and that was your own only role so I think for us it's been amazing because over the last couple of years we've got to learn but we've taken on account managers positions so you're like communicating with clients all the time and we've became I think a lot better at communicating our work because of that because we didn't use the presenter work yeah um so and I think that gets you in a really good headspace when you're coming up with concepts and things like that so I think that's actually been to the benefit of our design work which is good yeah um and then yeah like understanding how a company works and you have yeah. to make money and you have to pay corporation tax yeah. and dividends all the best. fun part yeah, yeah, like, it's just figuring out all that and even like god we're still trying to figure out all that like yeah. talking about pensions and stuff and like, like that, but. putting together budgets and then that kind of feeding into like what our value is and all that kind of stuff it makes you see it from a different perspective yeah it's quite it's quite interesting and i guess the reason both of you started up the studio was because you wanted to do design 
and creative work. Yeah. But what? How do you find that balance? You know, when it comes to striking a balance between creativity and the business side, um, how do you find that balance between running the studio and actually doing the doing the work that you want to do? Kind of seems to go in stages, like with projects. So then, like it might be that for a week we are mainly doing like admin stuff but then the next week we'll have loads of design work going on Mm -hmm. and sometimes it might be that uh, say like a project's kind of late in a later stage of development one of us will probably be working on it anyway at that point so the other one might pick up the slack with emails or admin stuff at that point and yeah. we just kind of juggle things around yeah, like that yeah. don't we sometimes it's kind of a welcome headspace like we were talking about that yeah. um, because um the work that we do now really does sort of because it is very creative and conceptual. It eats it eats away at a part of our brain and sort of sucks all your energy that you weren't maybe used to doing before. And for us, sometimes it's just wonderful to like email people. Yeah, email people for an hour. You <laughs> like, have to think ah! for a minute. <laughs> I know, yeah. Or you know, invoice. I don't know. It's yeah. just that sometimes it's quite nice. When you started the studio, you started a studio, I guess, rather than going freelance. Yeah. Did did you ever think about that, or did you ever think about you know position yourself as two freelancers that work together, or was it always a conscious decision to start up a studio to start up a business? We never yeah. thought about going freelance. No. Like not at all. It wasn't. It never really came into our mind. I, I well, we were. Um, I think we maybe have different ideas of what a freelancer is as well. Like I always imagine it as being more of a a one-person situation and they, that may, that's kind of what's great about the flexibility of them going in and out of studios or taking on work by themselves. And I think for us, because we knew we were always... It was never going to be one of us starting it alone. It always was going to be a, yeah. a two-person thing and we already had quite a good um, group of um, sort of collaborators and um, a sort of creative network. So we knew that the work would be ours as a yeah. studio and we could always reach out to people if we, if we needed to. And I feel like at that point when we decided to do it like the other studios that we could see we sort of felt as though well at least in Glasgow we could do something maybe a little bit differently or it was like we wanted to see if we could you know work yeah and there's quite a nice presence in Glasgow of smaller studios like you know yourselves and uh, well uh, Zag and Freytag Anderson so it was nice for us to see that you know you can do big projects of big scale and you can be two people yeah Um, so for us it was always a studio yeah and before starting the studio, obviously you worked both together at a company called Front Page. Yeah. How, if someone's say wanting to start up on their own, how important do you think it is that you get experience um, working with another studio or yeah. or doing that um, before jumping in? Do you think it's important, or do you think young graduates or emerging designers can just jump into starting their own studio straight away? I think it just depends on you 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 know like we've got friends who went straight from uni to start in their own studio and they've done an absolutely amazing job where we couldn't have done it like we we just couldn't it took us quite a long time to get (laughs) to that point and I think like we'd worked in different places so we'd worked uh you know different size studios different paces uh, different roles different countries and we were able to sort of experience that so then by the time it we came to leaving our jobs and starting our own studio, we were quite confident in the type of studio we wanted. Mm. I think yeah. that, that helped and also what we didn't want. But also in in the same token, ignorance is bliss because some people can come out and make amazing work because they don't know any better and sometimes it's the freshest work. And um, I think it, it, to- and it sort of totally depends on the sort of work that you want to do. Like... Obviously, you need a certain level of experience before some clients will take you seriously. So, 
if you want to do stuff that's maybe a bit more underground then maybe you don't need that experience and um for us as well like we grew a lot of confidence uh where we worked before in all the different places and um we knew we had we knew we had the skills but like we didn't doubt that at all the only thing that we possibly doubted was the actual business side of things and yeah. I think that's why it's been so important for us to get that confidence of knowing how a business works and both taking quite a personal yeah, responsibility yeah. and making sure it's working but I guess like anything then you've proved you can learn any of that and I think yeah. a lot of people can be put off because they think it's scary but you yeah. just I guess you just need to learn it yeah. would you would you yeah, say that's yeah, true I'd say yeah so. And it's actually like Lisa Online said, it's software. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> Google. Yeah, I know, I know. How do you run a studio? Please? Yeah, yeah. Google. <laughs> I've googled that many times. Um, but also, what's been nice for us, I think, is like asking. You know, like just actually reaching out to people that you can see that are doing things well and asking them, like, you know, what? How do you do this? Who's your accountant? Like things that we just you don't know. You yeah. know, um, I think, and then that's been nice because I feel as though we then have connections with people who are in similar situations and it can be quite, you know, tough running your own studio. So it's quite nice to be able to talk to other people about that too. I was interested in what you said there, Laura, about the when you were starting up, this idea of vision for what you wanted to do and what you didn't want to do. And I, yeah. think, I think having an idea of what you don't want to do is super important. Yeah. Can you expand on that at all in terms of, like, <clears throat> what, you know, what was the vision for the studio when you started up? Variety. Yeah. Variety. That was like the main one, I yeah. think, for us. And also, like, ownership, I think that was quite a big thing. And so, like, just to give an example of kind of, uh, well, I guess what you like or what you don't like. Um, so, at my first ever job was like an internship, and that was in a tiny studio in Madrid. And it was like, I went in there and I was working on the same projects as anybody else mm. in the team. And I felt part of it, and I felt like, uh, a lot rided on me so I was pushing myself to do my best work and stuff and then um, then contrast that with uh, with front page I mean and not in a bad way but it's a much bigger operation there's a lot more people there's a lot more roles so within that your role is defined as you do this job and you don't re well we didn't really ever step out of that so then in that space you were kind of just doing your job and getting on with it and that was kind of it and I think we wanted to, our studio to have the ability for you to expand on uh, yeah. what you know and, and I think for us it was interesting because we didn't really realise this until we started until we started our sort of getting our own client base together but we're both super interested in strategy and um, like logistically planning out a brand and things yeah. that things that we didn't even know that we liked until we started our own company so it's been quite amazing the transformation and not knowing that we were actually really good at that because we never really had the opportunity to yeah to try that out so I think for us variety was definitely like where we wanted to start off because we weren't we hadn't well we felt at the stage we were at we hadn't really scratched the surface of different sectors we could work in different clients we wanted to work with so um, it's been really good. We've had quite the we've had quite the variety. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, we have. It's, it's really interesting because I guess the you talk a lot. You sound very confident, and and you know talking about strategy, talking about other things, and that's in a, I guess a couple of years you've done that. Yeah. Do you think? Um, I think 
certainly from my point of view, I think confidence is one of the hardest things to get as a creative person, and I think it's the easiest thing to lose. Mm. Um, how how do you find that? Um, do you always feel confident running the studio, or do you find you go through peaks and troughs? <laughs> <laughs> If you could just get you find them all early today. If oh. you've seen us an hour, an hour ago, <laughs> <laughs> we were nailing strategy. No, no. I th- oh. Like it's so funny because um, we were we always go through a stage at the start of no no matter what project, like every project. Well, this is pretty much the the way it goes. We get uh, initiation meeting with a client. We get far too excited yeah. and like plan their ten year strategy. Yeah, and they want a logo. Yeah. <laughs> And then, <laughs> then we go away and we're like, cool, right, we'll need to just rein it in a wee bit, yeah. start to actually get down to like the design. And then because we are both quite logical thinkers, we find it quite hard to start any sort of visual look and feel without there being that sort of basis of a concept behind it. Yeah, reason. But it's getting that rhyme and reason that that's when we start to freak out. Because then you're and like, then you're what like, does the world yeah. mean? <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Do you do you think you can learn to control that freak out, or do you think that it's really important at some point on a project to just lose your shit and freak out because it uh, uh, yeah. it, it produces better work? I think it's inevitable. Uh, yeah, like it's okay. always going to happen. And even like uh, today, we were like, okay, here it comes. It's just that bit, you know, you know, you can do it, and you know you'll uh-huh. get there, but it's just when you just can't see the end yeah. in sight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. There's no. This is a safe space. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel the mood change there. If I asked that question. Um, what one thing you 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 mentioned there, which is really interesting, Lisa, is this idea of um, getting excited about a project and expectations, and then almost being brought back down to a yeah. bump. How do you manage the idea of your your dreams? and your visions to do creative work and versus clients' budgets that they give you to do it. Does that, is that ever a challenge for you? Or are you swimming in money? always a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're swimming in money. Yeah, just, we just swam here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it, it, like, but I think mm. that's something we always find quite difficult because we often give ideas away for free because we get so excited and uh, especially at like, the initial, initial meetings and... Um, you're really getting we tend to get too excited about when you find out about a company and the amazing things they do and yeah um obviously as being sort of visual thinkers I can already see in my mind like how things might start to take shape when you're in you're in a meeting with this person yeah. so it is quite difficult not to give too much away at that stage because th- some we've had some clients that have obviously seen that excitement in us and they get excited which is great yeah and then some people see the excitement and then think Yes, they've done it already, so yeah. I don't need to pay for it. Or yeah. so you, it's. I think we're start we're starting to realise the value of these initial meetings and what we give away, mm-hmm. uh, and when we give it away. And um, I think there, there's always always an issue with budget. No, no one ever has a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah, and yeah, it just yeah, doesn't yeah, happen. Exactly. No, that's it. It's totally it. And I think like we definitely never create a brand or a design that we don't see as having sort of long long longevity, longevity yeah. afterwards of so we're always maybe thinking towards like how you can use that in the next stage and that's actually maybe something the client's not paid for so I think we all we always have to rein it in don't we yeah and just sort of like um 
yeah, believe that if they value what we've done, they might come back and things like that. Yeah. And how how do you find? Have you came across a lot of issue, or sorry, have you came across a lot of instances whereby people have asked you to pitch, so against other agencies or studios, and sort of said to you, "Look, we need some ideas up front." Do you get that very often? And how do you tend to deal with that? We've we've not. not. We've, we've done it. We've done it once. We've done it once, but uh, in a very loose sense. So More, we're not yeah. going with a executed idea. Oh uh, yeah, true. More that's true. just like. Uh, this is the type of thing that we think would suit you and we think that you should do and here's some inspiration to give you an idea of how other people have maybe done it uh, rather than actually putting together ideas. Yeah, more like actually just the pro- project plan or... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, That's good, yeah, that yeah. seems ideal. Yeah. Nailing it. Other than that, like uh-huh. we've generally just been asked for like our portfolio and um, a proposal for, you know... Yeah, we've done proposals, yeah. but not really ever done work for free. Yeah. Yep. Great. I've got 100% Fantastic. pitch. Yeah. Just to let you know. 100% pitch yeah. record. I'll be, I'll be asking you about that afterwards, actually. No, you come and do, uh, be, be I know, off. I know. You can come and do some business development. We've, not, pit, we've not pitched a lot. We've not Maybe pitched, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pitched once. Um, okay. <laughs> When it, well, when it comes to business, so I think maybe one of the hardest things is, okay, you, you want to go freelance or start a company, but h- how do you do it? And I guess you do it by having clients and people that yeah. pay you to do it. How do you find generally you get business from the studio? Is, is there one set way or has it been a, a, a variety of ways? Yeah, we've been quite lucky. Um, we've only really like went looking for a couple of projects. Uh, one was our first project, which was the brewery tour at West. And that was... Uh, that was we basically sent a proposal that um, connected with Petra, who runs West and some values that she had, went to meet her, and then this project kind of grew out of that. And then, um, yeah, I guess like it's kind of similar with the other project. It's like we've kind of found an area we're interested in, and then got in touch with the people yeah. that are kind of behind that. I suppose. I get yeah. With both projects that we've run like that, we've probably had like a good understanding of the company itself, maybe what their values are and actually a little bit of an insight into stuff that they're up to. And so they before you'd approach them and it's not cold and you've actually taken a bit of time to understand what they're doing. Yeah, Um, yeah, because we won that West Project actually pitching another idea about uh, an initiative she had running and then that led to this idea. And then um, a project we're working on at the moment is we're creating a sort of uh, circular hub with Circular Glasgow uh, and we're showcasing a um, a basically fully circular building that's been made out of um, hemp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can compost your house. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Um, but that's because we knew we knew of certain other initiatives, and we just aligned people. Yeah. Um, and managed to get ourselves a design job of that. Yeah. So. Other than that, yeah. we've had like some projects we've um we've had maybe through word of mouth or like personal connections that we had. Uh, I don't know what else, but it's generally really, yeah. We, yeah we like we do get random projects coming our way, which is pretty exciting. Yep. Hopefully, we get more of that. <laughs> If anyone's listening and what's yeah, up, I know. I know. Said that in. Yep. Uh, Hi at ilka.studio. Yeah. 
That's a nice plug. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to actually the creativity, so we've spoke a lot about business, and I think I guess a lot of running a studio is about that. But when it comes to working on projects, how do you split it between you? Do you take jobs each and work on them? Do you collaborate? How how does it generally work? We've got quite a good wee process on the go yeah. at the moment now. Like I think that that was the thing we probably found hardest, both being designers, like how do you split the workload, and especially. Um, where we worked before, you had your own projects and you were responsible for them. And um, so I guess there was a few hangovers in terms of like we we needed to find a way that worked for us. Yeah. And so now generally we know that we work better at the start of a project together because you're starting to bounce ideas off. You can go down different routes. Yeah. Uh, and often, as we spoke about before, the crazy stage happens, and so you need support there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and wine. Uh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And then often by that stage we go and then present to client and then that's both of us at that stage and yeah. then usually from there a sort of route is developing and then it goes to one, one of person. us to develop a route and yeah. then that means one person's got fresh eyes Yeah. if you ever get stuck or things like that. Yeah. And that tends to be the way it goes. So yeah. it's together at the start and then just sort of... Yeah. And you find that works for most projects, yeah? Seems yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, seems to be a way. Yeah. It's just na- that's just kind of the way it naturally yeah. happens, I yeah. think. You've really yeah. nailed the studio thing. We're going to be taking tips <laughs> off you. It's fantastic. Um, but I, I guess outside the studio as well, you both of you are really or appear to be really active in the community, design community. Um, you're both involved in Glasgow chapter of worldwide organisation Ladies Wine and Design. How did that come about? Uh, so basically, what was it? Must it might be about three years ago. We were having a conversation about how. Uh, when you think of designers in Glasgow, there's a lot of uh, a lot of men, uh, and a lot of men that are great designers. Nothing bad about that. But we just were like, oh, what about other like female designers? It'd be great to meet up with some and have like some chat. So actually, we like uh, um, contacted some people that we'd seen on social media, and we're like, do you want to come to the pub with us for a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we did that, and then. At the same time, we'd seen that Jessica Walsh was starting Ladies Wine and Design, so I just emailed her and I said, Would, can we do it in Glasgow? And she was like, yeah. So that was it. That was it. I don't know. That was us. Wow. And how long? And for anyone that doesn't know, can you explain about the format, how, how Ladies Wine and Design works? Yeah, so basically it's a monthly meet-up for female designers in Glasgow. Uh, there's an Edinburgh one as well. And everyone kind of has free reign to run it how they want. So the way that we did it, and it was, uh, I should say, we don't actually run it anymore. It's Tessa and Anna from O Street who are running it now. And we, when we did run it, Rachel Miller also helped us. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a group effort. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the way we did it was um, we had three different types of nights. So like uh, workshops, um, where people can come and learn a skill, uh, business nights where you can learn about that side of things, and then like inspirational talks where we'll go to other studios of people that we admire and get them to kind of tell us about their process and what they do. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, what was quite popular was um, to sort of grow the online presence of um, these amazing designers working in Glasgow. We started up on Instagram, and that would sort of um, be taken over by a different designer every yeah. week. And that was an opportunity for them to introduce themselves, showcase their work and sort of um, shout out to any other woman that sort of inspired yeah. them, which was a really great platform. And Yeah, we um, learned about so many, like so many amazing women through yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
when it comes to being a woman working within the design industry, either in general or in Scotland or Glasgow specifically, what would you say are the sort of common barriers, um, if any, that um, people feel are present and anything that you think needs to be brought to light and challenged? Well for, well, for us, the barrier was probably that we were not represented in the fact that we couldn't see any other women that were like us or we or could have been us in 10 years' time. Um, so I think that's why we reached out in terms of we just wanted to see what we could be, what other people were doing, yeah. are there other people out there? And there were so many people out there, so when, but once we started digging... And people are there, you yeah. know. And there's so many more than we've even started yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, even like we like we've kind of done what we've done, but there's like there's still so many more people that we don't know about yet that are out there. Yeah, and still groups that aren't being represented, yeah. you know, like different cultures, like different age groups, we've found it really hard to engage with um older sort of, women. Yeah, and even younger generation yeah. as well. So I think there's definitely still heaps. Well, there is. There's still heaps of work to do in order yeah. to get these women properly represented. But once we started doing um, the meetups and um, talks and things like that, we realised the barrier. There was way more barriers than what we personally were yeah. facing. Like we were, we were very privileged. We went yeah. to art school. Yeah. Both white women. Like yeah. there was quite a lot of privilege going on for us there, and I think our eyes were really opened actually to as to how. Um, how much work there is to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so. a lot of it, do you think, is, is a lot of it to do with, in your experience, gender imbalance, or do you think it's a question more widely of just diversity within design? I think it's both. I think diversity, definitely, and gender is just part of that. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah. Diversity yeah. in all work, I think, yeah. is a big problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, all all. All businesses. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, yeah that's it. I mean, we're but, we're doing what we can for design, but it's not. It's yeah, obviously a much bigger thing yeah, yeah. in the world and, as a whole. And I think, like, even when we, well, like, main barriers that were brought up time and time again were like sort of imposter syndrome. You spoke about the confidence before that, yeah. like, needed. Like, me and Laura took for granted that we both are quite confident yeah. in that sense. We could, we could, you know, we can communicate and we can put a forward how we're feeling. But a lot of people can't do yeah. that. Um, we a were lot brought... of a lot of women will not put themselves forward for stuff as well. It's not a very natural thing yeah. to do. And we realised how lucky we'd been in terms of like the companies that we'd worked at. Actually, they were very good. Uh, there was yeah. quite a lot of women there, and yeah. they sort of fostered um, like you to grow and um, put your voice forward and things like that. And a lot of companies where other women had worked had, and and I think yeah. generally just like sort of like um, not being taken seriously, like quite like. Having run Ladies Went Inside, we had quite a lot of hate mail. Yeah. Um, wow, um, really? Yeah. What, what sort of form did that take? Well, we've. <laughs> Just people being appalled and disgusted, Graham. <laughs> In general? Yeah, no, but gen- yeah, I mean, yeah. you gen- generally had hate mail from people. Yeah, yeah. hate mail. Yeah. What, what, are the no... t- what are the types of things, if, if you're comfortable discussing, that people would say? Yeah. I think it's just seeing it like. I think that basically it just depends on the way that you're looking at stuff like this because what Ladies Wine and Design is there to do is like to help give people more confidence, give people more skills, uh, help people have a support network to like talk about issues that they're coming across, that kind of thing, where people were seeing it as a way to uh, hate men, Mm, Uh, which is not at all anything that it was like set up to do and it's absolutely like... It's not something yeah. that's discussed. I mean, sometimes it does come up. Like, there has been times where people have told us about um, 
you know, like male superiors telling them you c you'll never get this particular position because you're a woman. Uh, like hearing companies, like people at companies saying like, oh, I wouldn't employ women because we'd have to stop farting and burping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's I don't know, just like, that's what's kind of weird. It's like all these flippant comments yeah. and actually they're not funny. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like we've had people say, oh, like we had one sort of studio uh, we went to actually and it was great that they allowed us to studio but then as we were leaving they were like so is this lady's wine, wine about design starting tonight so then you're like yeah right okay that's what it's about we're actually doing a portfolio course yeah <laughs> yeah and then so then it's just all these sort of flippant comments and I think they're all the things that eat away at you and sort of make you question your role within yeah. um the community that you're meant to be in, embraced and then you're meant to be encouraged and yeah. I think it's just getting used to knowing that that language isn't right and calling it out and yeah. you know it's I mean problems like it's nothing it's nothing to do about your ability as well as a designer you know a lot of problems are like questioning whether a woman should be getting paid x y and z because she doesn't want a child so therefore does she does i have we've had that conversation yeah that does she actually she doesn't deserve to be paid as much because she doesn't have a family like so that's weird so then and then you've got the whole thing of like well i'm dealing with the fact that i'm not having a family or there's just like loads it, of things it happening. sounds it sounds like the more it's you do the groups yeah. and the more the more you uncover people's stories. Yeah. I mean, certainly we've we've heard a few um, stories from women that have worked in design. Yeah. And again, I don't think it is. Um, it's not strictly to do with design or anything. It's yeah, just no, work no. in general. Yeah. And some of the stories we've heard have been really, really harmful to people. People's careers have been obstructed. Yeah. Um, and I think when you hear one story, it's pretty tough. But I think when you what you you're saying when you add all these things up, yeah. and it was about my other question. I mean, do you do you think it is important for these types of organisations and meetups? to exist yeah Definitely. I think so I think in, it's just like uh, support like it's going along and knowing that you're not crazy that you're not the only person that's gone through that kind of thing and also like even if you like you've gone through something and other people haven't gone through that just getting off your chest and having a safe space to talk about it you know like nobody's going out with their gossiping about it it's, it's literally like there's trust in it and yeah you're kind of part of it yeah and I think as well like it's important like as you say like I know there's been a lot of talk of it being about it's, it's never been a hate men club and I think people that say that totally just un like do not understand what it's about and I think they're the people actually that um should be spoken to because they're making it difficult for us to speak out about experiences yeah. that we've been through and we shouldn't never feel ashamed about that you know so yeah. it's just trying to find the balance because we've had heaps of men support us as well and yeah, yeah. we've always tried to do events throughout the year that men are welcome to as yeah. well so we're, we, we don't want to be preaching to the choir as well because yeah. that's not helpful so we've found we've found it a real like um, I don't think we knew what we're taking on when we took yeah. it on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. like or, like some some sessions were indeed like therapy. Yes. And I think we we being the people that we are, we have felt a real responsibility in doing it well and being really careful about where we treaded and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I think it's a it's a difficult area sometimes to discuss because I think people are worried about yeah. what you say. Yeah. What one of the things I found really interesting is we we run these gab events yeah. and when we started out the whole idea was we thought we'd like to get people who are running studios to come along and what we quickly uncovered just from our own thing was most of the people running studios and in really senior positions tend to be men. Yeah. Um when we went to Graphic Design Festival Scotland it was the complete opposite and all the young emerging designers were women coming through and I just found the 
the total imbalance in that mm. just I was really shocked by it yeah, and I was yeah. I, I was very interested because I, I, I'm a bit ignorant I guess I didn't know what is, is the future generation going yeah. to completely change or but there was a complete imbalance from yeah. what we found so. well that's why the Ladies Win Design started so it's like now in 180 cities around the world um, because this imbalance is happening everywhere and you know these women are there and they're studying design and they're they're achieving and they're achieving well. So yeah. why, where do they where go do they and go? what is the barriers then that happen after university or college or yeah. just going into work? Like why, why does this sort of stop happening? And like there's, I mean, there's one million factors. Yeah. But like we tried to list them all in a post <laughs> <laughs> for the exhibition we put on. We were like, oh, there's not enough paper. But I mean, like obviously everyone's got issues when it comes to life and work is obviously very different from college, university or whatever but yeah. um, it, it is a weird imbalance. And I think as well like uh, um, like business in general, like going back in history has been a male space and it has been completely male space and so then actually the way that people communicate and stuff in that setting a lot of women don't feel comfortable in and like there's been studies that show like um, if a man starts negotiating he gets respect from both men and women but if a woman starts to negotiate both men and women like her less and it's weird it's like attitudes that you're just used to or it's just part of society even so it's kind of yeah, it's a funny one. There's mm-hmm. a lot. There's so much there. It's I can like... see why you need wine at the meetup. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then that was another thing as well. Like we, um, obviously, we took on Ladies Wine Design. The name is Ladies Wine Design. Um, that's what they call it yeah. in New York and around the world. But you know, a lot of um, women and people that came to the events didn't didn't identify as a lady. Yeah. Um, and so we were really careful about that because we didn't want to put anyone off because the community is small enough as it yeah, is so yeah. then you have to be careful about the language you use because we'd, like it's a small community in yeah. Glasgow <laughs> and we want to meet as many people as possible yeah. we want to support as many people as possible yeah. and you'd hate to be we were just so worried Close that we're making doors. more barriers yeah. and we're constantly learning as yeah. well so it is, it's, a, it's a total minefield but at least we try to do something about it yeah. Thanks for asking the question. I know you're probably shutting yourself over there. <laughs> Didn't expect think, such a long answer. I know, yeah. One of the things I was really impressed by, and I think um, anyone that puts anything out into the community and gives your time is, is so important. And um, I came along to the event, the yeah. exhibition you organised yeah. at the Lighthouse, and I must have, I was blown away by the amount of talent that was there. And also... The, the names, I didn't know a lot of the names, I didn't yeah. know a lot of the people and that was really interesting because I think it, it just showed the need mm-hmm. for events like this um, and it, it got me wondering well, how, how many other people are there um, yeah. of any you know gender, race or whatever yeah. that are out there and not discovered. Um, yeah. The exhibition was really interesting so I wonder if you could, could you tell us a bit about what that was and how it came about. So how it came about is quite funny because... <laughs> uh, Basically, we got funding from the year of Charles Rennie Macintosh. <laughs> so, a year to celebrate a man <laughs> uh, to put on a ladies' wine and design exhibition. Yeah. But basically, um, it was it was quite interesting because so when you think of Charles Rennie Macintosh, a lot of the work that he did actually was done by his wife, um, Margaret Macdonald, Margaret Macdonald Macintosh, and um, so basically we got approached um, by somebody at Glasgow Life to say what do you think about doing an exhibition around this? And we were like, yeah, that's great. So we kind of wanted to create something that was started in back in history and kind of showed that um, how things are changing and the people or 
celebrating women that are in mm-hmm. Glasgow now. Yeah, yeah, going from like the first, well, going from, you know, the, they were like some of the first, well, yeah, the first women to be yeah. at Glasgow School of Art and so sort of yeah. setting the standard. And, and her and her sister had their own studio, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So reflecting on like women working in Glasgow in the past and how that's sort of reflect, a reflection on now. Yeah. And what's going on. But no, it was like, it was amazing. Like, I mean, that that's the thing. I think when you hear people that put on talks or you hear people that think that these people don't exist, I think it's, it's um, you need to dig deep to find these people. And it, it is like, um, we've been to some talks, you know, the yeah. panels are all men, things like that. It's, got, it's, it's lazy because you need to, you need to go out there. your way to find these people. And, you know, we... We couldn't believe that all those women, basically there were 70 women that were showcased in an exhibition um, in the lighthouse and they all um, believed in the cause so much and believed in creating a presence in this sort of city centre venue that they all like gave their time for free, which we know is like the opposite of what we're trying to do. There was quite a lot of contradictions with the the way that exhibition ran and what we were trying to promote. Yeah. Um, but no way, and we tried to make sure that there was a lot of diversity in the speakers that we had, um, and in the workshops that we had, and the events were open to everyone. Yeah. Um, and it went down really well. It was extended for a month. Yeah. Um, the mural we got there was a mural painted, and I think that that's there for for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, but again, classic situation. We got told we had a wall in the lighthouse, and we made it three floors. Yeah. And made it <laughs> and a viewing platform. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nothing like a bit of ambition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you you run a studio and this is sounds like a great idea and it's great to do. So when you agree to do an exhibition, which is it's easy to say yes to an email. Yeah. How do you find the time to do this as a creative duo? Obviously, you're working for other people, but also run a business and do clients. Is it dead easy, or do you find that really tough? We basically hard. had to drop our clients when that happened, which yeah. was like, uh, yeah, we. It was Ilka's own money that made that exhibition happen, so yeah. it was something that we truly believed in. And just like you know, you guys invest in Gab and things like this. Yeah, like we made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and and whether that be it was an investment of our own money, like um, literally, and also an investment of our time because yeah. we, we we didn't basically work on client projects for a, a few, few weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um. But that's just something that I think when we said yes to it, and it's sort of, uh, it, you know, we made, we made our own bed because yeah. we were offered a wall and then, you know, took three floors on. and It just didn't feel right that, you know, there would be a small wall dedicated to women when everything else is Charles Rennie Macintosh. It wasn't, yeah, you know, know, we were just like, uh, The balance no. was not right. <laughs> I know. You Sorry. reclaimed the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did the lighthouse feel about that? Raymond loved it. Yeah, they loved he was, it. Yeah, they were extremely supportive and... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the way we did it as well, because we actually we didn't actually have a, a exhibition space, but we had like, um, well, they're called like what are they called like walkways or something? Or? Yeah, walkway galleries or something uh-huh. like that. But um, the way that we used that space, I don't think they'd seen anything like that before, and I think that it was act- like actually really engaging because it wasn't a walkway. That meant that pretty much everyone in, who came into the lighthouse saw the work of these like seventy amazing talented women, and you had people you could see them reading posters because we had like little posters kind of uh, around the place, and you could see and I think they had quite a lot of conversations about around it, which was great. And like we were there <laughs> trying to take the exhibition down after the closing night, and uh, feeling a wee bit Sweating. worse for wear. <laughs> and uh, then a but a college class came in. 
and like the, with their with their tutor and were asking questions and stuff like that. So it was great that you know it was a talking point and it got people thinking about it. Mm. It sounds like it was a huge success. It was. Oh, yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. And I think like for us, like that's uh, after that. Um, we sort of felt like that was a that was a really nice end point for us. That's yeah. when we start, but we decided to hand it over because yeah. we I think we were so far in it that we just felt like we had so much more to do. It almost we were too close to it. Yeah, I think now and and so that's why we thought we needed to sort of hand on yeah the baton. Yeah. and so Tessa and Anna at O Street have taken it on, which yeah. is great. Yeah, and it's amazing you've got people to to take it on. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, we had heaps of we people interested. Yeah. 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 And, um, no, as it's good, and I think the community just sort of keeps growing and growing, and because yeah. of the presence after the exhibition, you know, the amount of followers and online has increased significantly, yeah. and people are approaching them to do takeovers and do yeah. talks and stuff like that. So there's a real buzz about it now, which is great. Yeah, that's amazing. So you'll be glad to know this is my last question, oh. and you can you can get out of the small box room that we're sitting in, I like it. Uh, or maybe you don't want to go back oh, to yeah. your client work. Um, this is it. Kind of goes back to, I guess, a theme. What we've been talking about running through this is the idea of confidence, and I think we've spoke about ups and downs. And it's good. To, I think it's good to have a laugh about the stuff that's difficult because yeah. it's it's sometimes difficult. But um, imagine, say, if you to go ten years ago, or uh, imagine any emerging designer, creative, or young person that doesn't quite have that confidence, or is sitting there going, "I would love to have my own studio. I'd love to work with my friends, but I'm not quite there yet." And it's it's hard to get that confidence. What what advice would you give to someone knowing what you've learned from the last couple of years of doing ladies' wine design and running your own studio? Is there anything you, you'd say to someone um, who, who has that inkling that they just want to do something for themselves? Uh, <laughs> that was a nice and easy I know, question. I know. Um, I, I, it's funny because when the first ladies' wine and design event that me and Laura ran happened... Um, I remember being at the event and being like so so jealous of people that were at the event and had their own studio and I just couldn't yeah, see Yeah, at that point we didn't. I couldn't I couldn't physically understand like how that person one was able to make a living from their creativity to continue to do that and made yeah. it a viable business and three was just like doing it so well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for for me it just was like I I just couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable and it just was so far out of reach for me. And then um it's almost like just yeah that jump and I think after well we got ourselves some mentors. And um <laughs> and once, we won't speak about them. No, yeah. I don't know. Bad people. Bad, bad, bad people. <laughs> um but no, but you guys really helped us out in terms of just breaking it down, like really simple tasks um that that make it manageable. I think it can become overwhelming. Yeah. And um those simple tasks really made it more manageable and maybe break it down into like what is the thing that's stopping that confidence? Because for me I had bills to pay and things yeah. like that uh, and so for me it was definitely like I needed to get a wee bit of money behind me that would give me confidence to just not worry about that and focus on creativity but the worries might be different for someone else um, so yeah just get yourself to a stage where you're like in a wee cradle yeah. and you can go for it and I guess like maybe um, kind of do it at your own pace as well because you can like yeah. you can just jump into it and let the like amazing if you can do that but it took us like six or seven years like it took a, a big bit of time and in in that time we learned so much you know from all the people that we've worked with along the way and I think that you 
you tend to see, I know like when I was younger, I, I mean, I'd thought about that kind of thing for quite a long time and you see all these people who are like mega successful and all that and you think, oh great, I'll just be like that. How will I do that? <laughs> but actually, like, it's just kind of like, sometimes it takes time yeah. and you just have to go with it and mm -hmm. it happens when, it, when you are actually ready for it. Nice one, Laura. Don't know. Nice. That's a so. good soundbite. I like that. Um, <laughs> and this is the very last question I, I lied. That you wasn't lied. the last oh, question I no. did. I did. Uh, what gets you excited um, about the next year for the studio? You can answer that. We have like a 20-year vision. Oh, yeah. We're quite bad for visions. Oh, wow. Well, I'm particularly bad. <laughs> what is the 20-year 20 vision? 20-year vision is, what is it? Hammock, Mexico, drink in hand. <laughs> yeah. Sold the business. Yeah. Exit plan. Living off a pension. <laughs> I, I, I quite like that. We're, we're talking about passion for creativity. Yeah. And, you know, the vision is get this business to fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Done. That's what's me through every day. I know. No, I think like, I th but that's what's funny, you know, because see, before we started, like, I, as you said, like, and you probably seen the frustration in us in terms of like we weren't getting the creative work that we wanted to do, and now that we're doing it, our vision I think is totally reflective of a different, like, different values because yeah. now all I do really think about is like the life we want to make for ourselves we mm. talk about we want to have an Ilka cabin with a canoe so we can go on retreats and you know <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's such a privilege that I can think about that because I'm doing work that I love so yeah that's baby. Wow. I've we just, were thinking yeah. about getting a new coffee machine. I know, yeah. Well, that's it. We just got new slippers. Yeah, Studio we slippers. did get slippers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dreams can be small and big, yeah. So, But yeah, in terms of like work, like the, we've really, I think, come to understand our values yeah. probably in like the, probably the last six months or something yeah. like and, and when you start out, you know, you always get people like, what sector do you work in? And yeah. you need to have a thing and what's your unique selling yeah, point? And yeah. you're like, I don't know. Yeah. I just want to do nice work and yeah. get some money. So I think for us, like, we definitely value people that um, sort of uh, work in a sort of sustainable way, care about the environment, care about health. So, like, um, clients that work in sort of well-being or care or support um, and... I guess yeah, companies that are just doing generally good good work or yeah, have yeah. a bit more of an interest and edge to them. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what's the projects that, like having reflected on the projects that we've done. That's the projects that we got most excited about yeah. and therefore did the better work. And so I think if we can align our with work values. with those people, yeah. then we can we'll be doing better work. Yeah. But I don't know what that means in terms of <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> I know, I feel like I don't know what the question was anymore. <laughs> I think you answered it perfectly. <laughs> Mexico, that's all yeah. you need to know. Yeah, I'm just, I, I just can't wait to finish this podcast and ask you about this canoe. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Friends and family welcome, clients yeah. welcome, I can imagine. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. a selling point. Yeah. But with us, we can use our canoe. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go away and come up with a much better vision than a new coffee machine <laughs> for the studio. Um, wow, okay, that's really... And I, but I, I think overall, and I'd like to thank you for taking part, I think um, I think your story and what you've done is really inspiring, um, both two friends starting up a studio, but also I think the work you do for Ladies Wine Design and ultimately giving your time for free in order to help build a community is really valuable. Um, and hopefully... For people listening, I mean, even if one person is inspired by what you've done, it's fantastic. And I'm sure the way you operate, you inspire people to go on and do many great things. So I'd really like to thank you both for giving up your time and for sitting in this black, small room with us. 
been intimate. Yeah, it's been very, I feel like we know like each other. Like mastermind or something yeah. like that with yeah. a light on us and everything. Yeah, it is very much so. Uh, so thank you both, uh, Laura and Lisa. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks to Laura and Lisa from Ilka for a great chat and for Gab Podcast number two. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe or check out the Gab website, gab.scot, for news and future events and podcasts. Cheers.